Paul Anderson is a spiritual father, is one who has stood the test and who has been found faithful. God, I thank you for the many ways in which he has blessed my heart and caused me to grow. And I pray, Father, that you would anoint him and give him strength and give him joy and just bless us. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts through him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Other people that are going to be sharing, first of all, isn't that right, Paul? I think so. (laughs) We had to add a prayer for that, too, because we're going to be blessed by not only Paul, but a few others. Yeah, Kat and Gina. Okay. And we may even have some before them. Yes. Some of you guys. How can I not be happy when someone like that gives the announcements and (laughs) preaches the announcements that it's, uh, it's just plain fun? I love being here. I live here, and it's fun to be here. <laughs> I love to come. I love to come to Communitas. It's different every week, but God is wonderful. He touches our life. Welcome back, Chris. Good to see you. Welcome back, n- newbies. What's your name? Is your parents uh, the uh, Haugens? I was with them a couple of days ago, and they, I, yeah, good to good to see you, Isaac. Anybody else want to be recognized? Dad, Dad yes. Welcome, Jude. Good to have you here. You know Jude's papa. He's one of the favorites coming here. We haven't had him for a while. Kevin McClure. This is his dad. So Jude is one of four kids, and he's married, and he's got his own kid. So. Two. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. I, I, one the oh, I remember that. Whoa. You probably don't want to do that too many times. One is, one is more than enough. Yeah. Hey, I heard somebody shared with me a little mini testimony before. We, yeah. Who are you? Who are you going for? Oh, Nathan. Yes, sir, Nathan. Welcome back, Nathan. For about a week and a half, Nathan went down to... I hop, and he, yes, doing well. We had lunch together on Sunday and talked about it. That was good to be together. Nathan, we're proud of you. We're proud of how you are stepping into things of the Spirit. That's wonderful. He, he basically gave my message. Dan asked if I would say something about the vision of Communitas, what we're up to here. And if you have questions, that we want to hear those. But I want to share something about this life that we've got. Before I do that, I want some of you to share. If God's done something for you in the last week or two, I've already heard some of the things, but I want them to say it themselves. If God has done something for you in the last week or two, just you can stay right where you are. Just speak loud and uh, tell us what God's done for you, Ryan. God gave me a job. Hey. Remember three weeks ago we prayed for people to have jobs. We said, God, give us jobs. Did anyone else get one after in the last three weeks? Okay. Anybody need? You, you got one. Okay. Good deal. Anybody need one? Okay. You, here. 
Father, we just lift up Jenny to you, and Lord, we ask for that job that you have for her that pays well and that works well with her skills that you've given her. Father God, we ask that you bless her with that in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe in prayer because we believe in God. We believe in a Father who loves to answer prayers, who, who responds to our requests. We're his kids, I've told you. When my kids make a request of me, like when Erica said, Dad, you're going down to Brazil. They've got nice jewelry there. <laughs> I had, there was no way I was going to come back and face my daughter without some jewelry from Brazil. Okay, who else? What's God done for you in the last week or two? Just want to give a quickie? Just say something. Okay. I also have another job opportunity in the airport. Um, if anyone needs a job, pay ten dollars an hour plus ten percent of what you sell. Um, yeah, just leave it at that. Just it's a Slack coordinator for a, a in charge of IT support. See Kevin Miles if if that's something that uh, may hook up with you. Gene and Kat are going to share something. Janelle. Okay, we're we're getting a lot of a lot of opportunities now. Is Gina? Gina comes up. I just wanted to share. The last two weeks I haven't been here because I I um, had surgery. And um, how many people love going to the hospital? Love going to doctors. Oh, oh, oh. All right, all you people that said that are in the medical field. I know, I know. In the hospital, there are many Christian nurses. What a blessing. That was a surprise to me. Um, but even before that, do you know how the Lord speaks to you individually? I was sharing in the prayer group beforehand. It's just so wonderful. The Lord knows us. Somehow, how, how did you know that, Lord? You know, where the, the surgeon happened to be a sailor. I love sailing. So I could just kind of think, just sail through it. Just sail through it. Um, and besides, I was just assigned to this person. You think the Lord maybe put uh, you know, her in my path when I was resisting with the brakes on? And as I met her, remember, Paul, what I, I said to her? Well. As I told this story, uh, I said, oh, I, I saw the sign, you know, gone sailing. Oh, I wish I was in California sailing with my dad right now. So I'm a sailor. Well, and then um, uh, I said, oh, well, I, I learned how to sail in Japan. She said, yeah, I lived in Japan. And, <laughs> and she said, I, I went to the international school in Nagoya. And by that time... I, I was just paralyzed. I was in the very first graduating class of that school. 
she looked at me and, you know, started saying, well, did you know the, and we didn't know each other. She had, you know, went there five years later, one, one year. Yeah, but it, it, the whole point of that whole story is the Lord knows what our thoughts are, what's happening in our heart. And little ways he whispers yep. saying, just be at peace here. You know, I am watching over you. And I know what makes you smile. I know what gives you uh, joy. So thank you, Lord. And you heard, you heard some Japanese just before the surgery started. Oh, uh, she, well, my talking. doctor says, uh, yeah, Ohio, good morning, you know. And then comes in later and was saying, konnichiwa, hello. So, yeah, that's even frosting on the cake. Yep. Clapping. So I'm just up here just sharing about kind of what Paul said earlier about communitas and how it's just left an impact to me. I've been here probably six years, so since 2008. And so um, basically what it's really done for me is equipped me. I didn't know much about prophecy and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so getting taught on that, those kind of things is really wonderful to, to hear. And then just being um, equipped as a young adult. Sometimes churches just kind of pass over the young adult crowd sometimes and kind of focus on maybe the kids or the older people. And so coming here has made an impact of, oh, yeah, I can just say to this person, can I pray for you? Or, hey, talking about this kind of thing. And so that's just been able to be really sweet to hear. And then just we have amazing leaders here helping us out with our knowing what to do in life or our purpose or our calling or what what we should be dreaming about or how to deal with that kind of process. And so Paul and Karen have been always there to help in those processes with me. And so, um, yeah, so just this is an awesome place to keep coming to. And it's been it's a really sweet place of equipping. So, woo Thank you. Thank you. Eric, you have a clip on? So when we were asked, bear with my voice, um, when we were asked about sharing how Communitas has made an impact, the greatest impact that Communitas has made for me is equipping me for unity because I grew up in a denomination that I'm not going to name, but in growing up in that denomination, we didn't really talk about other denominations, which meant they weren't talking negative, but they also weren't talking about what God was doing in and through other people. And when I came here, to find out that there were spirit-filled Lutherans, like that the Holy Spirit did that, like how exciting. And so for me to be able to walk and talk and be in ministry with people that we may have disagreements on certain things or um, you know, just dis- different discussions, the most wonderful thing has been the unity and the way in the Twin Cities especially, but even how our ministry has sought to uh, um, partner with other ministries and being able to be uh, a part of something like that and realize that, you know, no denomination is an island, no person is an island, but to really be equipped for the unity of it and um, something we're going to be sharing a little bit next week with Communitas. Be thinking about what brought you here, <clears throat> what has kept you here, so you can think about that throughout the week um, and be able to share on that next week um, in a small group. Thank you. Lauren, just share share a word because we we kind of gave her away. Yeah, we we, we gave her to Godtown, 
and uh, she's living there now, started a ministry, just, just. Yeah, man, I came up here um, two years ago, and right when I moved back up here from Des Moines, I, I joined Communitas, and it has had a significant influence in my life, just learning how to rest, how to abide, how to, I mean, just hearing about the Father's heart, and identity, and healing, and it's just completely transformed just my whole thinking process and I came from a very religious spirit legalistic striving type of background and so when I thought of outreach and ministry I was just like oh, I can't anymore like I can't do that there's this pressure and so for two years sitting under Paul and doing the harvest project just learning this healing I guess and from that time um, he, he talks about he, he loves equipping us and, and releasing us into our God-given destinies and just just learning about what the, the desires that God has put on my heart and especially and so through that just learning about urban missions and my my heart and passion for bringing the light in the darkest of areas and and so now I'm full-time missionary and in, in Frogtown and seeing God do miracles every day and it's so much fun <laughs> that is wonderful thank you She almost gave our mission word for word. What God has asked us to do in this season is to raise up and release young adults into their God-appointed destiny. That's, that's what we're called to do. I suspect that we'll hit the tape doing that. And so I want to say just a, a few words about that. We could have an altar call now. We could have a benediction. We already had some... Good words, but I want to share a little bit more. Open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And if you don't have it and you want one, there's some stacked here. There's some stacked in the back. We love uh, where people are able to see what we're talking about. And Bob prayed for me. Now let me pray for you. I pray for you to impact us. I pray for you to challenge us. I pray for you to direct and where it's necessary to redirect. I pray that you'd give us focus. I pray that you'd give a, a deeper sense of commitment, not to a place, not to a people, but to a living God who calls us to turn the world upside down. I pray that you would, you would give us vision for what our part is in that labor of love. Impact us, O oh Lord. We don't want business as usual. We want to have the sense as we're going to school, as we're working on the job at Red Lobster, that we're making a difference, that we are your representatives on the earth to make a difference for eternity and to prepare for the one who will come and rule on the earth, even Jesus Christ, our Lord. So before I read from Acts chapter 2, I want to summarize world history in, in three minutes. You time me. You see if I can, I can do it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He made humanity to rule. Watch your clock. I'm going to do it. He, he made humanity to rule. Man dropped the scepter, and it was picked up by the usurper. God promised that that usurper would, would, would wound the one who was appointed to come, but that one would crush his head. God called a man named Abraham. 
Out of that race would come this special one who would be crushing his head. 400 years later came Moses. Now that, that man had become a nation. And that nation was ready to live in covenant with God. So God gave them the Torah, the law, the instruction. After centuries, it just wasn't working. You had rebellion and revival and more rebellion. And the prophets began to speak of this one who was going to come, who had the special anointing of God, and be on the earth. Jesus was born supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit with Mary. Thirty years later, he's an itinerant preacher with a few followers. Just before his death, he announced that someone was going to be coming like him, who would not only live with people, but according to the prophecy of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, he would live within them. It would not be the law on tablets. It would be the law living inside of our hearts, giving us motivation to obey God and do his word. He died the next day, crushing the head of the usurper so that the authority could come back to the people of God so that we could reign with him. Forty days later, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. Ten days after that, the Holy Spirit came and came into human bodies, living in people who turned their world upside down. Now it's your turn. As we wait, as we wait for the king to return and set up kingdom on the earth. How long did it take? Two and a half. Okay. There it is. In one little package. It's your turn. That's what I want to talk about from chapter 2. This is one of the most important scriptures, I believe, in the Word of God. In the last days. Say, in the last days. In the last days. Okay. The last days began when the Holy Spirit came. That's the beginning of the end. It's going to talk about the end of the end in just a minute. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters. That's you. Will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. God's got a bias toward young adults. Look at who he calls. Look who Jesus called. Probably teenagers or early 20s. How old was Joseph when he was called? He was 17. Started ministering when he was 30. David was 17. Started ministering when he was 30. Jesus started ministry when he was 30. John the Baptist started ministering when he was 30. God's got a bias for young adults, and history does too. History shows that young people coming together in a coalition have the passion that is unstoppable. Since the 14th century, we have seen missionary movements prompted by the prayers of young people who gather together and say, God, do it here. But don't stop here. Do it there. Amen. And then they move. They go. And their world is changed. History records that. Gina, you said it. The church somehow hasn't gotten that yet. That young adults are explosive potential for change. Parachurch has gotten it, haven't they? Parachurch primarily goes after young adults. Campus Crusade, Inner Varsity, IHOP. They know that young adults are the people to go after because they have the passion to make a difference. They just need to get connected with older people for the wisdom. 
So in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters. I hope that comforts you. I'm sorry. Is that mine? He used to lead worship here. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your, pardon? Yes, because God has called you to prophesy and to release it. Even among young people, even here. Kevin, that's your commission, isn't it, while you're here, to release that in this place. Just say a prayer in that regard. Just speak to that. So, Father, I just release right now. Yes. 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 Release that heart, release that love that you have for your children so that they can walk out and walk into everything you have for them. That they would get hungry before you, Father. That they would be hungry to hear your tangible word right now that you are breathing right now so that it will fire them and charge them to walk into their destiny. That their eyes would be wide open see anything that would be upon them, any <laughs> any delectable treat that you have out there that they would chase after, run after, and go forward, uh, full force like a locomotive into your father, and just bring breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough, and testimony after testimony after testimony, that it would change their world and change the world around them. In Jesus' name, say it. Amen. Jesus was different than other people who came before him in that not only did they believe in him, but somehow he believed in them. He believed in them so much that he left. When a leader really believes in his people, he says, I'll I'll get you ready. He got them ready, and they said, I'm leaving. They felt orphaned. They didn't after the Holy Spirit came. They didn't say, oh, I wish Jesus were here. They said, we've got it. We've got it. We've got Jesus right here with us. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit with us, and we're going to do what he's called us to do. Go ye therefore. If they came here now, they'd say, what are you waiting for? What part of go do you not understand? What part of make disciples? What what is it that you're not getting? Karen and I, it's not hard for us to believe in you. I love to sit down and hear your vision, hear the dreams that God has put in your heart. It's not hard for us to believe. Even when it's hard for you to believe in yourself, We're going to keep believing in you until we see it happen. That's the father. That's the mother that Bob was talking about. We believe in you. That's why we're here together. Because we want you to walk into your God-appointed destiny. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men, let's add women there, shall see vision, shall see into the spiritual world. So we say, God, give them a vision. Give them a vision of what they're called to. Give them a vision of how they can change the atmosphere at their school, on their block, in their home, that they can make a difference. So I want to do a couple things. I want to share with you some of the values that we have at Communitas and how how those values undergird the vision. You need vision to see where you're going. Values undergirds that. 
and it keeps vision from getting skewed. Think Hitler. Did he have vision? Yeah, he had vision. Did he have values? Terrible values. So we want values that undergird the vision. What's, what are some of the values we've had from the beginning at Communitas? First is everyone gets a piece of the pie. I found myself saying things, and I didn't anticipate this, but I said things, whatever I do, you can do. We've said that and we've meant it. So when one of the guys came with somebody that was wanting to be baptized, Justin said, can we have a baptism? I said, yes. And I looked at him and I said, are you ready for that? And then the guy that was going to be baptized said, does that count? <laughs> what would you say? Yes. Absolutely. You catch him, you clean him. If you're a fisherman, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, Tim asked if he could share. I said, write it up. We love to have different people sharing up front. I never said that as a pastor. I say it here. We want to hear from you. If God puts something on your heart, we want to hear it. Why? Because it's going to change you as it changes us. We're going to see your excitement. It's going to empower us. Jesus sent them out. I don't know if he ever even gave them a seminar before. He said, go out, heal the sick. There's no record that he gave them instruction. Heal the sick, cast out demons. Oh, that's quite an upgrade. These fishermen probably hadn't been doing that before. And then he said, raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give. I wonder if they're going out and saying, have you ever done this before? <laughs> I don't know how to do this. But when they came back, what did they say? What they say? Even the demons. It worked. And Paul, it was actually, he did give them a seminar. It was this walking seminar, spiritual seminar. There you go. It was the best kind. That's right. That's right. He stopped the funeral procession long enough to heal a boy, to raise him from the dead, changed the, changed the mom a little bit. Yes. Yes, indeed. And that's what we want to do here. We want you to have a part. Everybody gets a piece of the pie. Second thing is passionate worship. Why passionate worship? Because we're people of passion who love God. We don't make up those emotions. We don't try to conjure them up in here. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to try to make something happen. You can, you can be doing it with your hands or you can do it in quiet meditation. It's not a style, it's substance, right? We're not looking for a style here. We're looking for people who are responding to the love of God and simply loving him back. Worship is loving God back. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. And so we say, Father. Tonight we just, as we worship with, what a band we got here. As we worship, we say, Thank you. Thank you for calling us back like you called Noah. It's, I'm so encouraged to see. Man, <laughs> Israel, hi. Sorry. I turned it off. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he was going to say something. Maybe that's my son Israel. God's really called, called him. He called me uh, about five days ago. He said, Dad, I've been crying all day. 
I've been praying. I feel the suffering of the people. I wonder why God's doing what he's doing. He, he, he was in tears, and he, he said, I don't know what's going on. But I know what's going on. Something <laughs> wonderful is going on. God's speaking into your heart. So passionate worship. Service. Listen to this. Why service is important to us. Here's the mission statement of the Son of Man. For the Son of Man came, finish it, not to be served. Wouldn't the king over all kings, wouldn't that be typical? Wouldn't that be right for that person to be served, more important than anybody in the universe? Wouldn't you expect the king of the universe to be served? Came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So we're not highlighting being up front and speaking, we're highlighting service, whatever form that takes. Eric, I'm thankful for you. Thankful for what you do week after week. I'm thankful. Anna Rose is, <laughs> Anna Rose is signed up. She comes early on Sunday morning, sets up. And it appears that she even enjoys it. She likes it. People lead, help us worship by using their, their musical skills. It's wonderful. Worship or, or service is so important for you. Now, you may, not, you may be doing it somewhere else. If you're not doing it somewhere else, do it here. Find a place to hook in. Because when you start serving, you're engaged with those people there, aren't you? When you serve, it, it engages you. Another is generosity in giving. There's a principle in Scripture that you can only keep what you, right. You can't keep it unless you give it away. Whatever you give, you get. Do you want judgment? Jesus said, judge not, lest you be judged. So if you judge, you're going to get judgment. You get what you, what you give. If you want to give judgment, you get judgment. If you, Proverbs says, if you want to be friendly, if, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. If you want love, give it away. If you want money, give it away. So I'm not saying that we need your money. I'm saying that you really need to give. You need to. Jesus commended this widow. He was checking out how people were giving. Isn't that interesting? Jesus wants to know what people are giving. And so he's checking this out, and here's a woman who gave everything she had. He knew that. She laid it out, gave it, was saying, I'm trusting you. I'm dependent upon you. Jesus was pleased and impressed with that. So she gave more than the rest of them. So I urge upon you to think that through in your own heart. Don't wait until you got money. Start, start learning generosity now because it will change your whole lifetime. I could tell you story after story. God began to give me cars as a college student. And he's been very, beyond generous. I, I haven't stopped to list them, but about 12 cars, I think. And then it started with my kids now. I said, you be generous and you watch him. You watch him. Pour it on you. He will not be outgiven. The more you give, the more it will come back to you. It's promised. Give and it shall be. Given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall be poured into your lap. That's the word of God. 
So don't hold back because you're, you're, you're making yourself a, a penarius by doing it. You want to give freely. That's one of our values here. Another value is life in the spirit is mainline Christianity. It's not for those that weird charismatic fringe. It's for mainline people. Christianity 101. You want to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you fulfill the, uh, the new covenant. is by the Holy Spirit working in us. Writing the laws in our hearts. And we fly with two wings. The wing of the gifts of the Spirit and the wings of the fruit of the Spirit. We need them both. The motivation and the manifestation. They come together. That's a value we have. Another value we have is any question counts. If you're thinking, ah, I'll offend them if I ask that question. Have another thought, because <laughs> you're not going to offend us. We want questions. We want you to ask. If you think something's weird, ask us. Talk to us about it. If you think it's weird, somebody else does too, and they'll thank you for, for asking about it. So we want to hear from you. We love questions. When the Spirit was poured out, there were two responses. There were people that said, they are filled with new wine. They made a statement. And then others, what did they do? They asked a question. What do these things mean? What a good question. What is this all about? So if you're new to this, new to what's going on here, say, what's this all about? What's, what's going on? That would be a good question to ask. We want to pray for you to, to be empowered with the Holy Spirit who releases you to live the life of God on earth to represent Jesus on earth. The only Jesus some people will ever see looks like the person sitting next to you. Check it out. Look at that person. That's what, that's what Jesus looks like to some people in the world. I have a couple more. I'm stopping. I've got some, some uh, things that I, I brought along because we want to equip you to represent Jesus wherever he puts you. So if you have questions about the Holy Spirit, I'll put these right here. And, and you're welcome to take them. If, if you want help in walking into your, the band can start moving back up here. If you want help in walking into your God-appointed destiny, I wrote a book called Dare to Dream, and I'm going to put that down here. You're welcome to it. Bob mentioned something about the father wound. We, I preached on that, and then we had an altar call. We didn't have room for everybody. We had an altar call up front, and we had so many. It's probably time to speak on it again. Healing from a father wound. It's in... Uh, I think Kat has already put it in the, uh, in the update, so you can read that and then come and pray with us. Because sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Yes, they will. Yes, it will. And if things happen in their home that created a wound, it's not going to go away in time. It needs healing. And if you need healing, we want to be a part of that so that you can be a, a broken healer. Also, I... I uh, Put in there 
breaking strongholds in my life. You want to see those broken so that you can walk into your destiny. I want to pass out something called a winnable war. It's a war all of us face, guys and gals, guys more visibly than gals. It's a war that you can win. And so I, I don't have many copies here, but uh, I can make more. I can talk to you. You can email me. Uh, we wanna, I want to pray with you. I want to see things broken off where, where lust is winning over love. And it's easy for it to happen. An 83-year-old, he was a leader in renewal all over the world. Je, uh, David Duplessis, when they asked him, how do you figure out this thing about lust? And he says, when I figure it out, I'll let you know. Saying, it's still a struggle. You know, you have to let him who thinks he stands, the Bible says, take heed lest he fall. So you're welcome to take one, um, put a few in the choir, and send them back there. Let's pray together. As we now have an extended time of worship, we'll have stations. Kat, say something about the stations that, that we have. <clears throat> so across the room, there's a few things. We've done this before, but if you're new, <clears throat> we just wanted to explain it again. Up here, there's a proclamation station. This is for you to ask the Lord if there's anything that he wants to speak on behalf of Commutas. If you get a scripture, um, a word, something specific, you're going to want to write that on the board so that everyone can see it. That's for the community. In the back on the pool table, um, there's a writing station. That's for you to go before the Lord, and um, there's paper and pens back there for you to ask the Lord if there's anything specific he wants to speak to your life and to write that down. That's not something you're going to be sharing unless he leads you to. Um, and then over on the table in the kitchen over here is a drawing and painting station. There are different things out there for all of the artistic folk. And even for those who aren't, I challenge you uh, or charge you, I should say, to uh, dig deep a bit. And uh, the, ho the whole point is to write out, draw some things out if you get a picture, um, even if it's just to attempt it. But go ahead and write that out. There is an explanation at each of the stations, so you can read through that. But all of the stations are equipped. And then if you want prayer, from someone for any reason, you can go back um, by the couch and that light back there, and we'll have some people there that can pray with you. Did we uh, pass out the clipboard for Andy? Yeah. We'll have a newbie meeting a little bit later uh, after a time of worship. I'll be going back up a little later into my study. If there are those that want to talk more and pray more regarding the Holy Spirit, I'd love to pray with you gifts of the Holy Spirit release into what God's calling you into. If you're comfortable with this, just reach out to your friend, put your, put your hand on, on them, join their hand, or put their hand on their shoulder, whatever, however you want to do here. Father, we don't want to disappoint you. We do not want to disappoint you. I 
Thank you for disciples who took your word literally and they did not disappoint you. They, they did what you told them to do and they impacted their generation. There are more than enough people here to impact this generation. I pray, Lord, that you would speak clearly, personally, powerfully to young adults here. I'm going to ask Kevin to be available up in front later on if you want uh, someone to speak over you, to, to pray and prophesy into your destiny. He'll be up front and ready to do that. I pray, Father, that you would move by your spirit now as we quietly wait upon you and as we worship together. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us, stirring us up. Holy Spirit, come now. Come gently. Come powerfully. Come and stir in our hearts. Holy Spirit, come like fire to those who are dry and and need to burn. Come with oil for those who need healing in their heart who are broken and need healing. Come with water and refresh those who are dry and need to take a fresh drink. Come, Spirit of Dove. Dove, come and bring peace to any who are troubled. We speak peace to any who are troubled. Now just turn to one on your right or on your left and just pray for the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and pray. And as you are praying, Listen to the Lord, listen to his voice. 